Hi there. Welcome to episode three of the All Walks of Art podcast. I'm Michael Worth, your host, and I'm here once again with the great Paul Ramey. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking <laughs> something. I couldn't think of something better than great. You're great. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about income for creatives. Uh, it's a touchy subject. It's one of those things that really gets people talking uh, negatively about and sometimes kind of polarizing even. Don't you agree? I do agree. All right. Very much so. I uh, mean, we, we all have talked about money. It can't always be free. Um, there's quite a bit going on here in today's podcast, really. I I, uh, I got notes with me today, which is unusual because normally it's just off the cuff and, you know, I'm about out of scotch. That's the problem. <laughs> we have a template, you're telling me. That's yeah, yeah. We're going to try, try a little something different today. Um, you know, there's... One of the, one of the things I want to get out of the, out of the gates, um, as creatives, we have to make money. If we want to keep making art, we have to make money. Um, I mean, unless you're (laughs) independently rich and you can do this for fun. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing it for fun either. Um, but at some, some level, it's important that we, think about how can we make enough money to do the things we want to do as artists. So that's kind of where we're going with today's show. I want to ask, and this is, um, this is kind of subjective in a lot of ways. Cause it, you know, in our region, you don't need a lot of money to have a good living, but I guess can creatives make, a good living today? Is it possible in in the modern society for a creative? It's a good question. And I think it depends on what your medium is really. And uh, where you're at. Cause I mean, obviously like in music, if you want to play covers, um, if you're in a big city or, you know, near a, you know, playing hotels or playing resorts or, in the beach or down the tropics, you mm-hmm. can, you can play seven days a week, sometimes three times a day. Oh yeah. Yeah. You make a ton of money if that's what you want to do, but, um, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that here where we're at in this actual spot. But, um, I mean, there's guys making great livings as you know, uh, working, cover bands in Columbus mm-hmm. and Columbus and, and, uh, wedding bands. And I mean, there's money to be made. But, uh, again, it just depends on, on your medium and then what you're going to do, because there's a lot of different kinds of music out there and, Mm -hmm. uh, a guy doing, you know, his own tearing my beer acoustic music isn't going to make the same kind of money uh, as a full blown wedding orchestra. Right. And, and production value too. You start adding production value to it. You know, you got to get paid for that to, to kind of put this in perspective, and define what a good living is. Uh, I, w- I reached out to the internet. Um, actually, I looked out on the internet. We got data? We, we, we have data. Pro- oh, this is cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Um, the Washington Post reported that middle-class income rose above uh, $61,000 a year in 2017. Now, that's household income, which to me doesn't seem that great. I mean, you can't, you're not going to live in New York city for that. No, actually any of the big cities in the United States, you're not going to live for that. Um, 
with that rise, it's the first time it's risen that high ever. And even with that, there's 28 and a half million people still without healthcare. And that's, <laughs> that's another one of those big slams on creatives. I mean, you're, you're self-employed. Um, I mean, unless you have a job, I'm, I'm, let's, let's take this as if you're a creative and you're, you don't have another job. To you're support. going for it. Yeah, this is yeah. all you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to struggle with that. And I looked out at the Bureau of Labor Statistics and they reported the median wage is $44,564. So if you're, say you're a painter and you're trying to figure out, well, how much am I really worth? I'd go with that number right there. If you're just trying to find a ballpark number, $44,564. That's what you're worth according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics in terms of median income. And to qualify this, service wages are about $28,000 national average. And professionals are about $64,000 national average. Um, I tend to think that if you're a creative, you're a professional. You have a skill that not everyone can do. 100%. And there's no reason why you have to work for less. And I get it. Maybe you're just trying to work for materials or buy that Les Paul you've had your eye on for, you know, a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there comes a point. I mean, I, I don't want to get too dry with this, but, you know, <laughs> just because it's on the Internet, it's not free. You know, just because you put all your work out there, everything you do, the majority of the masses tend to think that, oh, well, look, he did another painting. I'm just going to save that. And that's good enough. So you can't live on likes. And and I don't want to, I really don't want this episode to get so harsh to people who are doing things for free or whatever, but I, I'm really trying to dissect this and find a good answer for what we deserve as creatives. And I know there's the, the majority of the people listening to this podcast obviously are creatives too. So they're going to kind of side with what we're saying for the most part. Um, once you take those numbers into, into effect and you start looking at the healthcare costs, the retirement costs, your insurance, your basic necessities like food and housing, uh, maybe you need a car to get where you need to go and, and things like that your money doesn't go very far and you've got materials to pay for. You've got advertising, you've got marketing. You got your yeah. time. Yeah. In your time. Yeah. That, that's something I do want to talk about here for a second. How much is your time worth? You know, you can look at these, these numbers and say, well, it's, I'm thinking $60,000 is what I'm worth, but that's after your materials and everything else. Right. Yeah. Um, this is a difficult subject to talk about on a podcast. I think it's, it's, it's not funny. It's actually kind of difficult. I want to make it funny because we can't have two depressing ones in a row though. We gotta, yeah. we gotta bring this up. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and <laughs> <laughs> we are, I don't know how many minutes into it. I can't see cause you know, I'm blind. I'm an artist and I'm blind. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> if you only knew <laughs> I keep my nose on the paper and yeah. the canvas. It's like, I can see now. I can see it. That's what makes your perspective so good. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
are we trading time for money? I mean, you, you kind of mentioned time. Are we, are we trading our time, our, our best time? I think uh, no matter what you are, because what's anything worth? I mean, what's the, what's the greatest song you've ever created or the best painting you've ever done? I mean, what's that? It, that stuff's priceless. So it come, you are, no matter what, no matter what you get, it's never enough. No, not, not really. Yeah, yeah, it's probably never going to be enough. But I'm, you know, this is an interesting subject for me because I find the whole, as a, as a musician, I find the whole dealing with money and dealing with the, um, the whole salesman aspect of, I find it vulgar yeah. and I have a hard time with it. I don't like it. I, yeah, it I, feels dirty. Yeah. I, I don't like it. And, uh, luckily, I mean, you know, my musical partner, uh, you know, he's good at that and that's his main thing. And I just kind of pick up the slack yeah. and, uh, and that's good. Cause it's just, you know, I had a job where I was in sales years ago and it just feels too much. Like it starts getting me back into, it feels like work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and nobody wants to be the greasy guy walking up to somebody going, Hey, you know, I got this deal for you. No. You know? And, and you really shouldn't have to feel that way either, because if you're doing anything, it's like, I, I might mention it before on the, on our first podcast. I'm not sure, but I have a policy where, and when it comes to music and, and my music, and I'm just speaking for myself personally, if, if me and my bandmates agree on it, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll play, we'll set up anywhere if we think mm-hmm. it's worth it to us. Uh, and play for free. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, but if somebody's making money, that this is, this is my policy. If somebody's making money, I'm getting some of that. So if mm-hmm. I'm playing a bar, I know that there's going to be alcohol sales, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether there's a cover or not, that's inconsequential yeah. Yeah. to this argument. But, but there's going to be people in the bar spending money. The bar is going to make money. There's going to be people hopefully come in because you not, yeah, not yeah. leave, but you know, you, you're providing a service. You, you're playing someplace money on, on you buying your instruments. Right. You know, and the, the utility companies are making money on you guys just being there. Right. I, I want, I, I want a little piece of that. Right. But you know, if, if we're playing something where, um, if we're playing a friend's party and, and it's in a, uh, part of the state we haven't been to before and we can potentially sell some CDs, that's, that's different, you know, but we're mm-hmm. making that decision. Right, I'm making right. that and they're not charging 10 bucks to come and, and see it or, yeah. you know, or we'll charge um, a lower rate because, because we want to, right. it's not about the money as much. It's about the experience and about trying to get your art out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, for me, if uh, it's hard, cause I have a job that, that pays decent mm-hmm. and uh, it's, you know, I give a lot, I give a lot of music away that I right. probably shouldn't, but it's just, I want to get my art out there, but, but that's me. And that's my decision to make. Well, I think this is kind of common for every creative that I know. I mean, we're all doing something that, that feeds the the fire so that we can make more. And, and that kind of brings me to the next thing, you know, as, as creatives, you know, what can we do? I, I really think I want to try to make this as clear as I possibly can without getting too abstract with my thoughts. I, I think the the goal is like in your case, you want to be a musician. You, you thrive on the performance and the creative process of making music. I want to be an artist. I thrive on the idea of painting pictures and, and those sorts of things. I know that 
I need to sell a certain number of pictures to reach a certain dollar amount to cover healthcare and all the other things that I would need to do if I were to walk away from my daily job. So the point I'm getting at here is what do we do to stop trading our time for money and, and actually have income that's based on the content we produce and make it so that we can, so that none of the flagship content that we make is actually needed. Does that make any sense? What I'm trying to say? It does. Like, like if, if all I was doing was trying to sell original oil paintings, I don't think I could ever make it. You know, I think. Well, so then you run into the, do you consider, okay, so my focus is on original music. So Mm -hmm. if I start, if I quit my job and I started uh, playing a cover band three nights a week to make a living, am I still working a day job? Cause I'm, I'm still doing something that's artistic, but not really what I want to do. I'm miserable doing it. I'm probably not that good at it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm doing it. I'm making money. How is that really any different than staying at my day job to parallel that with you? I mean, what if you just decide you were going to shoot weddings? I mean, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with yeah, that. That's yeah. great. Lots of yeah. people love doing that. And I think it's awesome, but it's not my passion. It's not your passion, Yeah, but the you could do that. Are there. Yeah. You could, yeah. you could make a, a living if you want to just shoot weddings and um, shoot advertisement content. Yeah. But at some point an artist has to niche down. I mean, you could do country music, you could do, you know, anything. But is that going to count for you as a, uh, as you quit you're just focused on your so, art. Yes. I, I think it'd be a, such a compromise that it would be, I just traded one job for another. Okay. So for me personally, you just want to do the, you're talking about, you just want to do oil paintings or that's like me saying that we're just going to do original music yeah. and we're going to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So that becomes your flagship content. Gotcha. How can you take that flagship content and make it something else. And, and I'm going to, I'm kind of asking the question. I have some answers. So I'm going to throw a couple things out there for you. And, and musicians have been doing this for eons. As long as I can remember, they sell merch. You know, when you go to a concert, I've, I'm not going to mention any names, any bands, but I've been to concerts where I photographed the band and they were touring on national acts. They were touring with national acts. And I can tell you that, the response I got from certain questions or, or even, even in casual conversation, they don't make any money on their CDs. You know, the, the record label makes them, you know, the production company makes it that it's, it's ridiculous. You know, they're selling their CDs at the back table there at the end of the show for $10 a piece and they might get 75 cents out of it when it's all said and done. So the merch helps. I've, I've ran into some musicians who, I mean, they, they have other jobs. There's, um, the band tour, they, you know, from, I don't know if some of our listeners are probably not familiar with that band. They're, they're, a uh, Nordic style metal band that uses old folk songs and, um, things like that to, to create modern metal music. Um, we're still getting beeps. Where did the beep come I, from? I heard it. I don't... Sorry about that. For that one, that one person that yelled at me for having too many beeps in episode two, I don't really know where that came from. My everything's on silent. Anyway, um, you know, I, without going into specifics on them, I I, I know that uh, their old 
uh, guitar player, the one I just left. Um, he is a tattoo artist. So I know he has a, a regular job there and it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, they're, they're under metal blade records. I mean, you've got, they're signed, they're touring. And I, that's really the question for the day is can an artist today make it? And that's, that's the struggle I'm having with this whole concept of you have to quit your job and go be this full time. Cause I really, it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine when people say, are you full time or not? Cause what quantifies full time? Because you know, if you're working a regular job, you're probably not full time either. If you're working a regular job, you're busting your ass every day going to work and you're probably working overtime, right? True. I mean, I'm going kind of crazy here with what I'm saying, but. I, I see both sides of it though. Like I can, like the, the I consider myself a serious, yeah. you know, artist about, yeah. about my music, but, but I can see how, you know, somebody that's just brisk at all. Yeah. And just you know, went yeah, for kudos it, to move, them. move to where, <laughs> you know, if you're going to be a studio bassist, you know, you're not going to do it here. You're going to have to sell your stuff and you're going to have to move to Nashville or move to New York or move to LA and play music all the time. But you have to be really confident that you're good yeah, yeah. and you got to be, you know, and you there's, hustle. there's a lot of work yes. involved. And yeah, I got a lot of respect for people to do that, but, um, I think they have more something, you know, they, the, they deserve the, the ones that's went out and done that and made that they, they deserve, um, you know, they deserve the pat on the back for it, but I don't think that that makes them more of an artist than anybody else. I mean, Demon Hunter's a, a good example of a band that, uh, they just tour when they get vacation. I think a couple of those guys are computer, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. software engineers and stuff. And, you know, I mean, they're playing them on XM radio. I've heard them twice this yeah this week, and I haven't been yeah. in the car that much. Um, yeah, that's kind of for music, for original music. That's kind of the model. Yeah, you know, that's when it comes to uh, more physical art. I don't really know. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, wh- what are you going to do, Mike? Just you know, sell everything and and move and go paint somewhere else. Uh, How is that going to make you ahead? I'm, I yeah, you tell it, me. Yeah, I don't know. I personally, I see Patreon as a as a fantastic income stream for somebody who's an artist. Their their model is really simple. I mean, you go in there, you sign up, you get a Patreon account, and you drive people to your account uh, to donate money. It's a crowdsourcing membership type thing, and people uh, pay monthly fees or one time fees, however you set it up for different levels of uh, access to you as an artist. And there's people making full-time wages on there. You know, they're making living wages from their memberships. And I mean, you can, there's all kinds of things. You'd have to go look at it to see all the, I couldn't even scratch the surface here in this podcast with what's available there. But, you know, that's one way an artist can make some money. And I've seen some models that actually they use that and they sell pictures and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, bands are releasing their albums that way. Really? I uh, never really considered it. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a good way to self publish. You're still going to have to market your stuff. You're still going to have to advertise to go there. Like in my case, for some reason, Patreon doesn't, when you search my name on Patreon, you can't find me. Well, that's a problem. That's that. kind of, that's hard to, <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. 
problem. It is a problem. <laughs> I, I sent in an email and I got no response. So, you know, if anybody knows anyone at Patreon, you know, give Jack Conti a call. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'll to, be glad to talk to him. I, to, I don't mess with your dollars here. Well, man. I think it's me. I think it's something I got set up because I, I set my page up or my account up as 18 and over um, simply because I want to make it so that uh, if I do figurative artwork, it's not considered uh, lewd to somebody and I don't get shut down. Right. I don't, right. don't want to lose the income. Plus, you know, when, if I'm sharing stuff, I want to make sure I'm at an adult level where I don't have to censor myself. So that's, that's kind of the whole concept there. Maybe I don't need to be 18 plus for that. I don't know. I thought I did. Um, but you know, another way artists can do things educational, like you could teach music, you know, um, there's, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so many other ways. Well, I could give some bass lessons, but that's about, that's about <laughs> the extent of my, my, but I could, it's funny. Well, yeah, I, yeah. I thought about that on the way I hear. I mean, that's one way to, but, but am I still being an artist? Actually, is that different than a day job? I'm I, t- I, I think it is still being an artist because even, even the greats did it. I read a book. I wish I could remember the book. I'm so terrible at things right now. My brain is just not working good for me. It's the snow. Damn that, it, damn that snowstorm that came through. I didn't even do my video this weekend yet because all I've been doing is shoveling and, you know, bless my neighbor who came over with his quad and finished up for me. Oh, I'd, nice. I'd probably be laying out there in the snow right now. You know, I spent my whole life sitting down. Uh, <laughs> I, I used the sun working. for a snow shovel. I just waited out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, affiliate marketing is another way. I, let me go back to what you were saying with, is it giving up on what you're doing? I, I don't, is it like training a job? I think is what you said, right? Yeah. All right. I, in that respect, uh, going back to the book that I was trying to think of, no, because like Beethoven gave lessons. And I like the, I like the phrase making ends meet when, when people say, well, Mike, you work a regular job. You, you're, you know, you're not really a full-time artist. I don't really consider that job a career. I consider it making ends meet. It's my, it's my healthcare system. It's my retirement system. It's my steady paycheck system. And it, it does make the ends meet so that I can focus more on the type of artwork that I want to make, or I would be doing weddings and senior pictures and painting everybody's pets and doing everything I possibly can to sell a picture. You get asked to paint pets much? I do. do, I, do. Really? I still get that quite a bit. Yeah. Homes, home portraits, pet portraits, uh, people portraits. I mean, it, it just, it's a common thing and I don't necessarily think they're bad it's just for me, when I do a commission like that, it, it goes, it, the, the money spent and it's done and it goes in their home and it's not, there's not a lot of exposure there to begin with. I'm, I'm one of these people that I don't believe in exposure. I don't think exposure is what makes you great. I think your work habits and actual sales to the right market is what makes you great. And that's another polarizing issue for some people, but I, I buy into that quite a bit. Um, a, a good reason, a, a good example of that is um, the, there's a picture of Jesus Christ that 
seems to be everywhere. It's the same picture that everybody uses, right? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar fl- fl- with Flowing locks, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Very soft, soft, wavy hair. Yeah. 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 Just, it's like a perfect image of a person like that, you know, and it's, it's common. All right. Who took the picture or who painted it? We're all familiar with it. Who did it? Are you going to call them up and ask him for a painting of yourself? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's your example of exposure. He's got more exposure than anybody else, but you know. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. So uh, another. It's important of importance of a watermark right there, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think, I think you can, you can think about different things, but you know, and, and, you know, it, one of the things I really get a kick out of, I'll go online, I'll think, okay, I'll, I'll do passive income. That'll be the way to do it. You know, I can make a little bit of cash here on the side and do this. And then I end up with, you know, some slick white guy in a suit trying to tell me all I got to do is buy 14 houses in three months and I'll be rich. <laughs> it's like, right. well, if I could buy 14 houses in three months, I'm already rich, yeah. you moron. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, it, this is a tough, tough position. And maybe that's why I still have a job and I'm not making a living from my art. I don't know. I tend to think from the books I've read and the different things I've read, we are kind of at a place in a modern society that creatives are... <laughs> I wonder if anybody can hear my wife out there talking when she goes into FaceTime. We got to talk about this for a minute. It's funny. Every time she goes on Facebook or on FaceTime, it's like she has to talk louder. It's like the string ain't tight enough. <laughs> you know, she's just afraid they can't hear him. Yeah. Do you reckon she knows we're making fun of her right now? No, she's too busy FaceTiming <laughs> I know. real loud. It's like the door's shut. She knows I'm recording. <laughs> She's excited. She's going on a cruise. Oh, is she? Yeah. I think I've seen something about that. Yeah. She's, she's just so, so happy about that. That's and good. I am too. She deserves it. <laughs> I love my wife. I do. She, she'll never listen. She'll even know how to get to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I'm terrible. She's a good woman. She really is. <laughs> you mentioned, you know, you talked about what, what Patreon. Yeah. Earlier. So, uh, have you ever heard of this, uh, Red bubble? No. Okay. I, I don't know the ins and outs of this. I don't know if anyone out there's heard of this. So I follow a guy on Instagram called um uh M Bradford and he's a let's see M M Bradford photos, I think it is. And he's a uh uh for lack of a better word, I guess uh deviant artist. I don't really like the term deviant, but he takes a, a lot of pictures of, of uh, women and people in, in ropes and different uh, different poses and um, just, you just kind of have to see it. So I've been following this guy on Instagram and uh, um, follow some of his models, mm-hmm. some of his artists, pretty cool stuff. So today, actually, he posted a picture of one of his photos and it's a um, it's like a close-up shot. You can see a woman, and she's got like tentacles coming out of her mouth. It's a really cool shot. And I was like, "Man, I'd like to have that shirt." And he sent me a link. You know, re- mm-hmm. respond there with a link. I go to this uh, 
Red Bubble site. They got all this different stuff with his art. He's got all these pictures. I didn't even know that he was selling this oh, stuff. Wow. And uh, um, phone cases you can buy with that on there. Um, notepads with his photos on there. Mm-hmm. These different. I ordered a shirt that had that photo on them. Freaking cool. freaking pumped to wear yeah, that yeah, at yeah. my next show because, I mean, to me, I feel like as a as a performance artist, you know, which is what live music is. Yeah. Uh, if I can support somebody else's art through what I wear. I love that. I, oh, I yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I was looking on this uh, Red Bubble site and it seems like a lot of artists are, are using that and it appears that they just make this stuff as you need it. So, I, I would oh, assume cool, yeah. that, you know, they get a cut of it. Mm-hmm. it they handle all the, the stuff. This guy get his his check for, you know, X amount of dollars mm-hmm. for out of the shirt that I bought. They'll print it off, send it to me in, uh, in a week. And I'll have that. I think that's the 21st century artist right there. And I mean, that's, that's the only way we're going to do it. If you're a comedian uh, and we'll be having a comedian on the show uh, real soon. We have a date for that. We do. We're recording her in two weeks. Oh, cool. So, um, kind of excited about it. It'd be another one of those rushed events where I'm trying to hurry up and get it all done before the Thursday deadline. But you know, (laughs) I work best that way. But anyway, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways you can do that. I mean, like, like we talked about Patreon and, and you're talking about red, it's called red bubble, red bubble. I'm going to have to look at that. Double check this real quick here. I'll um, go to my notes. You go check with our fact checker there and make sure that it's <laughs> good. And as you're doing that, there's, and I'm, I'm really stuck on this whole 21st century method of how a creative can make a living because in, in, Back in the time of um, Da Vinci and Raphael and those, they had um, patrons who would pay them for a job. So they were actually, in essence, going to go do a commission type thing, mainly for the church or some wealthy um, royalty or something like that, you know. In today's society, we don't really have that. And everybody's doing what they have to do to make ends meet in their way. You know, it. yeah, we go out and buy a big screen TVs and electronics and the next phone and all these other things. But art really doesn't seem to be a priority for anyone these days. It's It's probably still status to a lot of people, but I think it's dying out. I think it's a dying, it's a dying status. Is thing. that an American thing? I don't know. I I don't know. Because don't they... We seem to be very wasteful. I will say that. I remember reading something a few years back that that there's subsidies in places like Amsterdam and some of these European countries Mm -hmm. for artists. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that still is true. Um, Yeah. I don't know. But but that's definitely not going to be the case here. I mean, uh, musicians, artists, it's always you know, get a real job yeah. kind of thing. There's yeah. a stigma to that, even if you're very good. Yeah. Um, and I'm just wondering, you know, is that, a, is that an American thing? Is that a country thing or? It, it could be. I mean, we had the National Endowment for the Arts, but, and I don't know how much it's still funded, if at all. I, I don't really know. It's not something I follow. There are grants available to artists, but I, I tend to find that I don't want to go there. I just don't. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Um, it's not something that I don't want to offend the wrong person really with that. 
Um, and I know, I know it's my show and all that kind of stuff. And I can talk about it however anybody I want to talk about, but, um, I'm very, I'm trying to be very non judgmental on art. You know, I don't particularly care for certain types of art, but that Jackson doesn't mean, Pollock, you yeah, mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't really, I don't discredit what they've done. Yeah. That does just cause you don't care for it. Doesn't make yeah. it invalid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For me as an artist, some of the things that we look at or that I see that other artists are doing, and, and a lot of artists are employed by somebody else and they use the art as a side hustle. I personally think it's very possible to make full-time wages as an artist and still be part-time as an artist, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes, yeah. Um, in fact, my goal is to work until retirement for the company I'm working for, um, basically for the health benefits and the retirement benefits and the social security benefits later on top of being an artist today. And I want, I honestly want my art career to be more income than my job. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it's a goal. I think it's very possible. I think it's possible for a lot of artists to do that. And I don't think there's any shame in it. Now, granted, it's it's my my plan. So, of course, I'm not going to see any shame in it. And, yes, I would have more time to make the art that I want to make and travel and do the things I want to do if I wasn't working for somebody else. But, you know, I've been there long enough. I've got four weeks of vacation now. If I need to travel, I can travel. So, I, it, this goes back, for me, it goes back to the full-time, part-time argument. I've, I've been looked down on by a few people in my past because I have a job and the art must be a hobby. <laughs> it's like by default, if you have a job, your creativity is a hobby. Do you see that being commonplace in what you're hearing? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's the general, I think that's how it's looked at generally. Yeah. Um, I don't think I look at it like that, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily offend me anymore. <laughs> I got a point. <laughs> That's what, a point to me for. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Silencing the phone yet again. Apparently, I don't know how to do it right. You're not real good with technology. I must not be. No. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody, somebody calls me a hobbyist because I, uh, I have a day job. I mean, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any of the CDs I've been part of any less good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when yeah. I sell somebody a CD, they don't, they're not, they don't come up and ask me now, did, when, when you recorded this, was you working in a factory or was you just doing <laughs> right, this? Right. Yeah. Nobody asks that stuff. You know? Um, you know, when I do shows and with, with other original bands, I mean, we all know, everybody knows that we're all, yeah, I think, I think the, being a, a visual artist is a little bit different and maybe your, your community is a little bit, um, you guys look at each other a little bit different, but it's just kind of expected well, there's doing also, what I'm doing. Yeah. There's also that whole bohemian thing that, you know, an artist should be starving, starving and, yeah. you know, living in a small little studio someplace and barely making ends meet. And I don't, I just don't think that's, that's not living to me. That's not what you need to be doing. If, 
if that's if if you get off on that and you enjoy it, then by all means, it works do that. for some people. Yeah, and, and uh, good for them. Yeah, but, you know, there's still there's still. I mean, we touched on it before. I mean, I tend to create better stuff when I'm unhappy. Yeah, but I've created stuff that I liked when I was happy, just not as not yeah. as often. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of artists that we listen to that uh, after they achieve success, they're clearly not starving artists, but there's they're still cranking out yeah. pretty good content. And there's some that, that aren't, they lose it. They lose that fire. They lose that passion. Yeah. They lose that drive that they had and it's not the same, but yeah. you know, I, I think what you're getting at, do you have to be a starving artist to be, uh, to be authentic? And I don't think you do. Yeah. I don't think you do either. And and I think in the modern world, I think it's, it's important to diversify your income so that you can, spend your time on the things you really want to do as an artist. I mean, it goes with every, every aspect, you know, whether you're a performer or a visual artist or a chef or any of these things. I mean, even the greatest, let's use chef at this because they're workaholics. Every chef I've ever met, they seem to, they have to be there 12 hours a day, seven days a week, it seems, you know, but you look at somebody like Gordon Ramsay, he's got what? 18 TV shows and <laughs> he's written 24 books and <laughs> he's clearly not at the restaurant all the time, but I know he works a lot. And I, I'm making these numbers up. I don't know how many books he's written or any of these things, but you know, you have there, he's created a, an empire for himself, so to speak, using his brand, his name. And that's where every, to me, every artist, every creative on the planet, should honestly be looking at how can I be a brand? Because yes, I want to sell my flagship product, my one or service. That's the one thing I want to be really known for. But at the same time, how can I become wealthy with everything else? And that's, you know, Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he bought a Chevy dealership in Columbus, right? Right. Diversify, man. Yeah. It's diversify. <laughs> Never knows when you might want to bring the funky bunch up there right. to, you know, <laughs> showing my age. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's tough. I, I really, I, I wanted to tackle a problem today. Well, that, you mentioned Gordon Ramsay and now he's on all these shows, but I don't see him doing much cooking right now. Yeah. It, being much of, of a chef. And to me, I don't think that's, yeah, it's good for him and he's making a good living, but is is he making a living as an artist now or is he just it, it just kind of that were you talking about him reminded me of a quote years ago i i heard from jesse james the, mm -hmm. the uh, bike builder mm -hmm. and he's like at some point i got so successful and got so famous for doing what i do that now i don't get to do what i do because he's yeah. on all these shows and he yeah. did at the time you know and he wasn't getting to fabricate metal and create mm -hmm. things uh you know rolling sculptures which yeah. is what he was known for yeah he was on all these TV shows and that, you know, that's Gordon Ramsay right there. That's a, yeah. that's, that's a good point. You know, I don't know. I mean, if, if I got for me, Thomas Kincaid in, in the modern world is probably the most successful diversified artist that I can think of just right off the top of my head. Um, he painted, for those of you who don't know who Thomas Kincaid is, he got really, really popular selling through QVC and some of the other online 
and television networks where they would sell reproductions, limited editions, open editions, all kinds of editions of his artwork. And he would sell his artwork as well as originals and, and, and kind of rare editions too. I think he was known for, but, uh, it, it got so popular that he, you know, his, his artwork was turning into 3d, uh, models that people could buy and put on their shelves. <laughs> um, not again, not my type of artwork, not something I'm really interested in, but I know he became a very wealthy person just from the sheer numbers of, of work that he put out. And, and I really want to be careful here. I don't want this to sound like an artist has to be wealthy to be successful. Me personally, if I can make enough money to cover all my expenses and have a little bit extra for a cushion, I'll be ecstatic. I mean, it, it would be the, it'd be the pinnacle for me. And uh, I'm, I'm making a lot of judgment calls here, but I think a lot of people, if they can reduce their spending and become more minimalistic in what it is they're after in life and, and start focusing more on their needs versus their wants and producing the work that they want to produce, I, I think there's a, a really good groove there for everybody. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting a little deep, but I don't know why. I, again, the snow. I'm I'm cooped up today. Been cooped up. Well, I mean, I think you might be right on. I mean, I've learned a lot um, about you know you was talking about doing uh, postcards and reproductions mm-hmm. and prints and stuff. There's a lot of stuff I never really thought about um, on my side. But for me, no matter how minimalist I'm going to get, I get, and no matter how much I put my music out there, I don't see, you know, without, without the kind of exposure I need, I'm never going to sell enough MP3s to, to yeah, make enough money. To, do you to do the math? Job. Do you sit down and actually do the math? I've tried to, and it's, it's just, frustrating. Yeah. It's just, you start looking at the numbers. It's like crazy. I, at work, you know, I'll give you a good story at work. I had a, he's retired now, so he's he's not there, but I had a, a man say, why are you even here? If I had that talent, I'd go do something else. And, and I was like, well, you know, that's crossed my mind <laughs> once or twice an hour, <laughs> but it, it really comes down to selling. And there's going to be people listening to what I'm about ready to say, and they're going to think I'm on crack. Right. But to sell a certain price let's let me just break it down into oil paintings because that's something i know most about if i were going to sell oil paintings and i needed those oil paintings at the twenty thousand dollar level each now don't turn the radio off don't turn your ipod (laughs) off or whatever it is you're listening to this on because there are people who do sell at that level and higher Uh, i've read accounts of people who sell six paintings a year at a hundred thousand dollars a piece. So, you know, it, it is, it is out there. There are people who pay that. Um, but let's say for me, I'm, I'm looking at, I would like to sell 20, $20,000 paintings every single year to cover my debt and my bills and my standard of living and all these things. Now to the average listener, 
and, and to somebody you might want to try to explain this to, they're going to look at you and go, I don't need $400,000 to live on. Shoot, you give me $60,000 a year, like the BLS says, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that's plenty of money. I get that. But to sell a $20,000 painting, I'm not going to go out here and stand next to Walmart with a sign saying, buy my art. It's just not going to happen. I've got to go into a gallery that is accustomed to selling paintings at $20,000 a piece, right? Yes. So, so they get good at it. That gallery typically will take 50% of your sale. So they're going to make 10 grand. You make the other 10. A $20,000 painting is going to have some significant material costs involved. You're probably not going to want to go down to Hobby Lobby and buy your canvas. You're probably going to buy Belgian linen. That's quality linen. You're probably going to put a 500 to $1,500 frame on it. You know, just you're going to have some money in it. You're probably going to be shipping at places. It's going to be expensive to have. So let's just for giggles here. If you're shipping it, you're going to have to insure the hell out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just say for giggles, 30%, better yet, let's just say 20% is materials and your own personal expenses in that painting. So you got $4,000 in overall cost to make that painting, which seems excessive, but the numbers are there. So that you take their 10 out, that 4,000 out, you're only left with $6,000 of taxable earnings. So once you take that $6,000 that you have left over, I got to grab a calculator because it's going to be too hard for my little brain to figure out. <laughs> you got $6,000 left over of taxable earnings at a 40% tax rate. You're left with $3,600. So I'm going to multiply that out times uh, 20 paintings a year that you've sold. Because again, that $4,000 that you spent might be for two paintings because you've had to make a painting that isn't going to sell. You've had to throw away material that sucked. I mean, you're not, everything you make is not going to be good. I think. Well, I don't know about you, but that's <laughs> all the stuff I do is pretty, pretty sweet. <laughs> right. that, that leaves, that leaves you with $72,000 net income. And that's a great income. But at my age, 46, I've looked into healthcare. My wife really needs healthcare. Um, I, I don't like doctors. So, you know, I'll probably just drop over dead one day. <laughs> They'll be like, well, what was wrong with him? He could have prevented it. But anyway, uh, $24,000 a year in healthcare, $2,000 a month. That seems excessive in this country. It is excessive in this country. I can think of 15 other countries are off the top of my head that do better than we do at this, but that's another topic. <laughs> that leaves me with $48,000 to save for retirement the day I can't paint anymore, that sort of thing, and my health care or in my, uh, my everyday expenses. Now, I don't know about you, but that's getting dangerously close to what the Bureau of Labor Statistics says is average median income. And I started out selling $400,000 worth of artwork. So these folks who just seem to think all you got to do is make a painting and you get, you know, the full amount just aren't really in touch with reality. And so I think as an artist, you kind of have to just, I'm on a rant here, but you kind of have to get away from the people who feel that way. Just understand that not everybody's going to understand 
the concept of being in business if you're in business for yourself. Well, it always seems like a lot of money at first until you break it down. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my goal is to make about a half a million dollars in revenue as an artist. And I don't want it to all come out of my paintings. I want it to come out of, you know, something like Patreon. I'd like it, you know, a little bit from YouTube. Um, I don't, the, the, the plan I'm on right now, I should be about 185 years old by the time I get enough subscribers to, to live on a little bit of it. But, but you'll get you, you get you get the idea. It's yeah, it's part of the hustle. It's part of work. You got to put the work in. It's not just going to start today, you know, and that goes with any creative. But to go back, what you're saying is that if, if, when you reach that, is that success or? No, no, because there's always going to be something else. I think I think the pursuit of success is the game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. So. You know, I I think when you reach a certain goal, it's if you've reached that goal, you're clearly a goal setter. You're going to have another one. You know, if four hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars is your idea of success today, when you reach that point, it might be a million a year. And I don't I don't see anything wrong with that because I think I'm successful now. Honestly, when I look at it. And I say to myself, okay, how do I define success? Well, doing what I want, that's success. I'm with you there. So, no, I'm not selling at $20,000 a piece, but I know I'm too expensive for a lot of people. So, that's not the goal, but I do know I'm making enough money to buy materials for the next piece. Well, being successful financially for whatever goal each individual mm-hmm. has is different than being successful as an artist for you. Oh yeah. And, and that's yeah. it. You know, I feel, I feel totally su- successful with what I've created thus far, but I'm not done. Either, yeah. So. And I, I hope the people listening to this podcast understand that what I'm trying to say isn't, you know, I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom and say, you can't be successful or you can't, you're never going to make it or no, it's not possible. I mean, there's, there's the answer to number one in the questions that we start out with. Yeah. It's possible to be a creative in the 21st century. I get that, but you're going to have to figure out ways other than just your flagship content to make money. I mean, that $400,000 goal of 20, 20,000 dollar paintings that I come up with here in this little example significantly drops. If I can make, three thousand dollars a month on patreon because the material cost goes away and the gallery cost goes away so what can i do to make three thousand dollars a month on patreon that i can't do now and those are the questions i need to ask and possibly anybody listening needs to ask you know don't put all your eggs in one basket find find 10 10 income streams that you can identify with and go do that so that you can make the art that you want to make and not depend on those 20 collectors. Or in your case, as a musician, find a way to make money when you're not on stage. Well, it seems like the trend that I've seen, not just in in uh, metal, but artists across the board, I'm going to go see, uh, um, she's kind of indescribable, but uh, it's kind of like a bluesy, bluesy kind of pop artist, but she's got her own thing going on. Her tickets were, I can't remember. I think 
50 bucks, I think for two tickets, or you could spend 75 and you get there early, you get to uh, meet and greet and you get a, um, some kind of like a, there's some merch bag and some stuff that mm-hmm. comes with it. But, um, a lot of these bands are, are charging for autographs and photos mm-hmm. and, and all that. And they're just trying to figure out a way to, yeah. they're trying to wait, uh, find a way to make ends meet. Uh, one that I thought was kind of a little bit curious was a uh, tool came through uh for rock on the range and uh the musicians a tool which is you know i mean the, mm-hmm. everybody but maynard was putting on a uh uh like a clinic mm-hmm. for 500 dollars a ticket yeah 500 dollars. yeah a ticket it's a lot of money for most to of go us. and just <laughs> hang out and listen to them you know just kind of jam you're not even to see tool right to see you know uh uh three-fourths of tool yeah uh but, and you, you know, know those crazy. guys are just trying to make money. I guess Maynard's yeah. making money on the wine, so he don't he don't need to. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's well, a lot of, that seems excessive well, to me. But What would Christopher Walken say to all oh, that? I, <laughs> I got this pal, <laughs> Justin, nicely. He cut his hair. I was like, wow, delicious. <laughs> that's what he would say. Would it be wrong of me to make little bands for our wrists? <laughs> Say, what would Christopher Walken do? <laughs> if we could sell them, we're diversifying. Yeah, we're right? diversifying. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, I'm going to hell. <laughs> that's funny. That just happened with no context. And I love it. I love, that's what's great about it. It's a this. nice little setup there. You know, I, again, I, th- I think creatives are professionals. I think, you know, if you're looking for a, a dollar amount, if, if you're starting out and you're thinking, okay, well, what's a goal? Where, where do I need to be? You know, shoot for that $44,562 number. Uh, if you look at yourself more as a professional, shoot for $61,000 a year, you know, and that's your, that's your taxable earnings. That's not your cost of business and all the other stuff that goes along with it. So you're going to have to add more. I tend to think any creative out there who wants to make a living at what they're doing, they're going to have to look at the six figure numbers. They're not going to look, you're not going to make a living in the United States anyway, anywhere, in my opinion, again, totally my opinion, but I don't think you're going to be able to live anywhere unless you're making six figures as a creative. That's, that's a hard truth. But if that's what kicks you in the butt and says, go do this, that's my goal, then go do it, you know? But if you have a job, if you're waiting tables somewhere, you're washing dishes at the restaurant or you're making sub sandwiches at the local sub shop or or whatever it is you're doing and you consider your art a side hustle, then by all means consider it a a side hustle. I don't consider my art a side hustle at all. I, I, I think of it as a career that I have in adjacent to my making ends meet at the factory. And for me, that's a very freeing thought because I enjoy what I do out there. I'm, I make good money and I've got a, a pretty good setup for retirement, but you know, it's, it's only part of me. It's not all of me. And I think every creative needs to come into context with that whole part of their life and say, you know, what am I? Am I going to be a hobbyist forever or do I really want to do this? And again, it's, I don't care if you're a hobbyist. If that's what you want to do, then fine. It's fun. Right. But 
I'm talking to creatives here that are probably struggling with the whole concept of I'll never make it. And I don't want any listener out there, even at this level to say they're never going to make it because I, if you sold one picture, you've done better than Van Gogh. Any thoughts on that? No, no thoughts on Van Gogh right. or him selling a painting. I think we've solved every problem. We got to, uh, <laughs> we got to get away from this, uh, where I, I think a lot of us as artists in general are afraid to put a dollar amount on. Oh yeah. And, and, and afraid to take a hard look at, at what you're worth. You are worth something you are yeah. creating, you are, you're creating, you're providing something, not just for yourself, but you're providing something for society. Yeah. How boring know? would this world be if we didn't have art? Right. I mean, really, right. we wouldn't have anything really. And as I mentioned, I, I find it vulgar when I got to, to get down to brass tacks and talk about money, but mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, we deserve it. We just, oh, yeah. we deserve it and we shouldn't, we should stop selling ourselves short. We yep. should stop, uh, being sheepish mm -hmm. about the fact that we need money. We got, yeah. if, if you were shown up at their house to fix their plumbing, you wouldn't be sheepish about like, well, I'm going to have to, I'm right. going to have to charge a, you. I have a passion for traps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Would you, you wouldn't No, no. But we are, we're yeah. like, Why? I'm, I'm sure that, to, that, uh, somebody's asked you about a painting or something and you've, you've thought about and did numbers in your head and thought, damn, I'm going to have to tell this person it's X amount of dollars. Oh, I, I did every time. Right. Every and, single time when somebody on uh, Facebook in particular, when someone says, oh, I'd really like to have that. How much is it? I know it's going to be bad. <laughs> I mean, right off the yeah. bat, it's going to be, they're not going to want to do this. Even, even photographs with bands. Uh, that's, that's a big one for me. And local bands have, have been really supportive of my work for a long time, but I've also had a few that not so local or more regional who were just absolutely enamored with the cost of using the pictures. They couldn't understand that, you know, I needed to make money to pay for the equipment and my time there and all these other things. The singer's girlfriend's got an iPhone, man. Right. Like she can take the pictures. Yeah. yeah, those will come out good. Can you retouch them for us? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can just, why can't we just play a stereo? And I mean, we can just play a stereo. We don't have to have a live band. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, it's awful. We can lip sync to it too. Yeah, karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we could, there's, there's so many different ways that we can go down this rabbit hole, but... You know, again, if you're listening and, and it's it's a touchy subject, I, I touchy. I've I've not even had a full beer yet. I haven't drank at all. I've had some water. I this is I this is my talk. first uh, this is my first podcast without scotch. It feels a little weird. But. It does. I think there's something to that. But no, there's well, what are we missing? That's what I'm. If somebody's listening to this, maybe they've got some. Maybe, there's some avenues that that we're not thinking of, and and that's it's just like this. Uh, what I tell you, this red bubble thing. Yeah, never heard of that. You know, uh, there's stuff out there that we don't even know about. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's just and it's changing. It's ever changing. Uh, Facebook, in particular, is not. It's not a marketing plan. I don't care what anybody says. It's not. It's. It's a good option for you to get some stuff out there. But if you really want to go after what you're trying to do as a professional, you're going to have to go elsewhere besides. Well, Facebook's just you know, a tool like anything else. Yeah, and yeah, it's just yeah. one of them. And yeah. I mean, 
you can use it to good effectiveness for some things, but it, yeah. you can't just make a post and expect it to, yeah. to reel in the money. I mean, it's just yeah. not, that's not how it works. And, and, you know, I guess I need to qualify it too. It, it probably, it, it's not for every artist. Like if you're, if you're a chef and you want to show your pictures of your food on Facebook, that might drive some traffic to your restaurant because the, uh, the entrance fee isn't that expensive. You know, you could buy a plate of food for 20 bucks or so. Right. Right. You can take, you know, you and somebody else can go out to dinner for, I know my wife and I, we can tend to go out. We can tend. I cannot talk for nothing today. <laughs> Where's that scotch? <laughs> we we can go out and spend probably in the neighborhood of uh, 80 bucks and have a really good night out. A couple cocktails, really good dinner appetizer maybe even dessert for that. So when you're looking at a chef and I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic, but I had, I had to get this out, man. It was stuck in my head. Let's hear it. Come on. You know, the, the price isn't that unaffordable, right? Yeah. And even going to a concert in some cases, you know, if it's a $15 ticket to get in for per person, it's not that hard to spend money on. But it, it kills me how many people will go to a concert like that and they'll spend $40 in booze and they'll rip the CD. Right. Because oh, I'll get that on the internet. I don't need to buy it. Yeah. I, <laughs> really? I, I'm, I know it's touchy with you too. I, I didn't mean it to come out that way, but it was, it was going that direction. <laughs> it's just people just don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, and I've I've mentioned before I've been guilty of that stuff, and I should know better. Um, you just don't think until it's brought to your attention. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what uh, uh, maybe it's partly our fault as artists for not. Well, it goes back to the plumber. Yeah, you know, we're we're shy about the money. We don't want to ask for it. Right, and we're some going to offend somebody. And they're not going to buy a ticket. And somehow we don't have <laughs> real jobs. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. a real. It's not a. Uh, you know, you, you're supposed to be a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or whatnot. But, you know, if, you, if you're an artist, it's, I don't know, it's just looked at different. Yeah. We got to do a better job, I think, of of explaining what all goes into everything. Just like, you know, these pictures, they think you go out with your iPhone, take a picture, and, and you're done with it. They don't consider mm-hmm. the the cost of, of that high-dollar camera, the hours you took setting the shot up. Uh, the hours you took, uh, you know, fixing it in post, uh, you know, the hours that went into, uh, presenting it, that's mm-hmm. all that's time. Yeah. That's all. And it's not just that those minutes of time, it's the years that you've spent yeah, getting to that time, yeah. you know? So, yeah, but, but people don't, they don't get that. No. And, and yeah, we probably do need to educate better without throwing it down their throat right. or, or lecturing or anything like that. And, and one of the ways that I've done that recently is before I give a response to somebody on the price, I lecture myself. <laughs> I remind myself about all these things. And I just tell them, I'll get back with you. That way I can retreat with a thought and say, this is it. Now, now obviously, if I'm in a public place and they are right there in front of me looking at the art, the art's probably already got a price on it. If, but if I'm asked on Facebook or Twitter or um, any of the social networks or a phone call or just anything, 
and I have time to go back and respond, it'll be, let me get back with you with that. And, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. And I come back and I lecture myself with the idea that this is what it costs to do this. And I might get 15 people ask me the same question about the same painting before it's sold. So if I'm wasting 20 minutes with that person every single time and I have, you know, let's just use 10 people. There's 200 minutes of my time that went out to explain why it costs what it costs when I really shouldn't have to explain it. Basically, that is the kick in the pants to go back and say, it's this much money. And then I wait for them to come back with, oh, it's too much. And now I ask why. It's such a hard question when you're approached with, if you, if a customer comes to you and says, I really want that painting, how much is it? They're not expecting you to come back with why when they say too much. Because they may have just been asking out of curiosity and never really had intention to buy it. That's, that's the truth. I've, I've seen it played out way too many times to think it's something else. And when it gets to the question of why, nobody really wants to give you a straight answer. You know, if it's, well, that's more my house payment. Okay. Cause I don't really don't care why. I mean, I, I'm going to be a butt here for a second. I don't care why it's too expensive for you. They're all too expensive for me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right. everything I paint, I can't afford but I don't know that the people building BMWs think for one minute that it's more than they can afford, you right. know, or whatever. It's you're, you're making something for a reason. Well, and the I, proper response is for, you know, they should be given this, well, that's out of my range, you know, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not, not, uh, that's too expensive. Right. You know, yeah, that, uh, that's the wrong response. It is the wrong response. And, and, you know, I, I try to make it affordable. If somebody comes to me and says, oh, it's just more money than I, man, I didn't think it was going to be that much money. That's cool. You know, 50% down, we'll set payments up for the other 50%. If that makes it easier. And if, if it gets to the point where I can tell they just really don't have the money, I thank them for their time and that, that sort of thing and move on, you know, and, and this goes with every artist. I think you need to, don't waste time on the wrong market. You know, you're, you're doing metal music for the most part, hard rock music. Um, you're not going to walk into a country establishment, meaning they, they only play old classic like George Jones and those, those types of uh, songs or artists and expect them to say, yeah, we'd like to have you in here every Saturday for the next three months. That's, that's just, that's stupid. It's the wrong market. Right. right. So I wouldn't take my art. I have had that market. actually though, where I had a, a predominantly country bar one to have us. We, we do a little bit of, we're in the Southern rock vein. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what they've heard, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I shot them a price and it was like, I could see the sticker shock right through, yeah. through Facebook, but it, you know, it is what it is. And yeah. that's what it's going to take. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's the bottom line right here. I think every artist, every creative needs to just put the price that they want out there. If, if, if you keep getting told no, there's, there's only really one problem here. You're not talking to the right people. I've come to terms with the idea that I'm not going to start and climb the ladder to, to some degree. 
I need to qualify it too, or otherwise I'm going to get a phone call from somebody saying I was completely wrong. But, you know, I want to sell $20,000 paintings because I know that's where I need to be to sell them, to, to, to make the living that I want to make. I can't start out making that, but I know that this $1,000 11 by 14 is a step in the right direction. It's too much money for most people in this region. It's too much money for a lot of people all over the country. If you look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics number and you, you go, okay, well, if most people make that kind of money, I'm asking for a lot of their income just to buy one picture, mm -hmm. you know? So do I need to talk to the average person? No, I need to go to the next person down the list and say, well, they live in a $750,000 home. Their mortgage is probably somewhere in the two to $4,000 range, depending on what they've borrowed. They might be interested in this painting. It might be in their price range. And maybe they don't want to buy a painting from a guy who sells $300 paintings because they want to show their friends that they collect this guy's work. So you move up that chart that way. I don't know how that relates to music. I don't know how it can relate to other creatives, but I tend to think it's that way across the board. I think you got to find your right market everywhere you go to make the money you want to make. This yeah, is such a difficult. I, I think you're on to something there, but I think it's such, this is a very difficult podcast conversation. You know, I struggle with this on a regular basis. You know, like we talked a minute ago, looking at the calendar, when you start running the number or not the calculator, not the calendar. See, I'm just really, I got to get that scotch. Yeah, out. we got, you know, tequila <laughs> next week. So. Yeah. Um, you start running through these numbers and you, you just, it's defeating. It, it defeats you. And if it, if it, if it does, I guess maybe just do what you do and start looking for your right market. Well, we're all going to do what we got to to survive when it comes down to it. And we're going to do what we got to do to continue to make art. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's a few casualties along the way. I think some people get beat so far down, they just give up and, yeah. you know, whatever. I mean, it happens. But I think what it comes down to, really what you've been saying all night is if if you think that you're, you're, uh, you're worth X amount of dollars, you are. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think you're worth X amount of dollars, you're not. So maybe you should think yeah. about it in a different way because exactly. you're worth whatever you think you're worth. Yep. And you need to be confident about that. Yeah. Find out what you're worth. Find out how you can diversify it. Find your market and go there. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. And I think we could probably wrap up on that. I don't really, I don't, I, we could beat a dead horse all night long about diversifying your income and all these other things. I'm not a financial expert, uh, clearly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> me either. Trust me on that. Uh, but I, I have been a professional artist now for going on 20 years this year and I've sold artwork to people all over the world. And, and I think, I think the one thing that I can really share with people who are still trying to get there is you got to find the right market and you grow, you, you increase your price every year, you increase your reach every year and you get to a point where you're going to lose old customers and you're going to find new ones. And your prices are going to be too high for your old customers and they're not high enough for your next new customers. And as you continually climb that ladder, 
you get somewhere. Like in my case, a $1,000 painting today might be a $5,000 painting in 10 years. And it's a goal of mine, not only to make that kind of money, but to also let my old collectors have pieces that are five times more valuable than what they were when they bought them. It's a, it's a growth process. It's not easy. It's not something that you can teach in school. I don't think, I think it's something you're just going to have to go do and, and make some money. So if you listen this far, I'm really happy you did is I know it's kind of a somber, un, uh, no energy kind of a, a conversation. It's a tough conversation for artists. You know, it's, it's not a dirty subject. We got to make money. You got to continue to do what you do. And um, if it's something you're truly passionate about and you want to make money at it, you want to take it beyond a hobby, you, you're going to have to be willing to ask for the money. And it doesn't have to be uh, a difficult thing. And um, just go make your art and find your people. You don't need very many. So with that, I'm going to say bye for me and Paul. See you, Paul. Have a good one.